0: a fire on the mountain burning out of control the skies are blazing all its red and gold the temperature's rising and the wind is blowing hot we gotta turn this ship around before we run aground we gotta turn this ship around before we run aground Welcome to Off the Record with Paul Hurtz here on WKXL AM and FM, streaming live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, where you can find us archived for your binge listening pleasure. We're also a podcast on Google Stitcher and iTunes for you 21st century interwebs kind of people. We're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. And I'm joined for this segment of Off the Record with Paul Hodes by Chris Ryan, who's wearing a bright blue plaid hipster shirt today. He is, he is Mr. Hipster, and I know that he's deep into conversations with various presidential candidates. But before we get to presidential politics, let's talk about presidential politics. Attorney General Barr held a press conference at which he, he, at which he, he, I'm speechless in terms of what he did because... What that toady, what that hack put forth was basically a series of pablum designed for one person's ears, only the president of the United States. The president has his Roy Cohn now. He has his his firewall. He has his toady in office. The attorney general of the United States is supposed to serve the people of the United States. He is the head of the Department of Justice that is supposed to be independent from the White House and serve the interests of the people. Instead, Attorney General Barr is only trying to serve the interests of one person, that is the President of the United States. And the President of the United States is supposed to be the President of the United States, not the President of the Donald Trump Organization. Now, I've read the Mueller report, not not fully, not completely, not every word. I skimmed it this morning. I skimmed 400 pages to get through that report. (laughs) As Chris says, just like my congressional (laughs) career and the career of most members of Congress will skim everything and say they've read it. But I actually did skim the report. And what stood out to me was, number one, uh, it appears that Uh, President Donald Trump himself did not conspire personally with Vladimir Putin to undermine the United States elections in 2016. But the depth, degree, complexity, length, and uh, success of the Russian effort to interfere with our elections uh, is the first thing that comes out pretty clearly in this report beginning in 2014.
1: Yeah, first thing on on that, I think that the challenge of... um pushing forth a compelling case in regards to collusion was a huge one. It was going to be a huge hurdle to overcome. And Um, remember,
0: let's just be clear, there is no crime known as collusion. Collusion is a term of art that is used to describe in some popular way what is otherwise chargeable, if it's criminal, as a conspiracy to
1: commit some wrongful right. act. And, and the conspiracy to commit the wrongful act would have to have um, documentation, it would have to have people receiving things, and it clearly established what one person was receiving in exchange for something else. And there is going to be the need of uh, Paul Manafort, um, who, again, is kind of the glue guy of this situation, to express uh what had taken place if anything had taken place but most of this because it was kind of a wink nod type of thing where you're helping us this is good maybe we'll help you at some point down the line there was no clear uh crime that was going to be pushed forth what there is potentially going to be a crime in regards to was obstruction and uh, it appears that in the purview of the special counsel that the department of justice um is not capable of charging the president with uh, with obstruction. Now, this is dr- a
0: let's dr- let me drill down on yeah. that a little bit. First of all, um, the the charge of the special counsel was not only to look for criminality, but also to determine what happened with respect to the Russian interference. And what's clear is there was a massive effort that involved setting up false rallies, false Twitter accounts, false social media. Um, It was a huge effort on the part of the Russians to interfere with our elections, and it was a success. They carried it off without a hitch. And not only did they carry it off without a hitch, that when it became clear that the Russians were approaching the Trump campaign uh, about their efforts, the Trump campaign was very receptive to getting any dirt, any bad stuff they could get from Russia to help them in their effort to defeat Hillary Clinton. So let's just stop right there for a moment and think about what it means for a presidential campaign to be receptive, open, and have numerous contacts with Russians about Uh, interfering with our elections. The Russians are our adversary. Uh, In many ways, this is, in my view, giving aid and comfort to the enemy. But let's not stop there. Now let's talk about the obstruction case. The obstruction of evidence case um, uh, is a very interesting uh, case in the way it's set forth in the Mueller report, because what the Mueller report says, and let's be clear, it says that while we are not charging obstruction of justice, and there are many reasons why they did not. We do not exonerate the president. Mm -hmm. What the most significant thing to me in the Mueller report is that what they are saying in that report is, Congress, it is up to you. Congress, you are the branch of government which must now look at the evidence we have set forth. Use this evidence plus your own investigative powers. And Congress, it's up to you to determine whether or not this president committed obstruction of justice in such a way that it constitutes high crimes and misdemeanors sufficient for him to be impeached. And the evidence they set out... They set out numerous attempts by the president, which in my view, as a former prosecutor, um, and I prosecuted white collar crime, I prosecuted murders, I prosecuted lots of different crimes, in my view reading the statute on obstruction of justice, the president at the very least, at the very least, uh, committed an attempt to to inst- obstruct justice by, on numerous occasions, instructing his his subordinates, including the White House counsel, uh, to do things to impede the investigation into Russian interference in the election. That's at the very least. At the very most, he committed obstruction of justice by his public statements, by his private statements, by his activities, which... Must you can't escape the conclusion in my view, reading just the Mueller report and and those places we see, not forgetting about the redactions, which are huge, but he committed the crime in my view of obstruction of justice now that sets up a very interesting political question for the Democrats, because what we've got is we've got a United States House of Representatives controlled by Democrats, many of whom want to bring impeachment proceedings against the president. You have a United States Senate, which is controlled by the Republicans, uh, who are highly unlikely to fulfill their constitutional duty and vote to impeach if the house was to impeach and you might say their constitutional duty is to consider it but given the divided government there is a political quandary for democrats the establishment democrats don't want to move forward on impeachment Steny Hoyer who I know well, Nancy Pelosi, who I know well, have decided that it is not wise politically to move forward on impeachment in the House uh, when they know they can't have a successful uh, uh, conclusion of that impeachment process in the United States Senate. There are many Democrats, Many who consider themselves uh, both middle-of-the-road centrist Democrats as well as uh, the new fiery uh, progressive Democrats who want to see impeachment go forward. And the question, uh, a question to ask is, given the historic nature of the lies of the president— Uh, who it seems was clearly concerned about the Russian investigation, in part because given his lies about the Moscow Tower project, he knew that both before and during the campaign and after the campaign as he was president, there were ongoing negotiations about a tower uh, project in Russia about which the president has now lied repeatedly, flagrantly, and uh, disgustingly, in my view. He was concerned about the Russian investigation on what it would reveal, no doubt, about his business ties to Russia, about his various lies, um, and he wanted to stop that Russian investigation any way he could. Whether or not Uh, from a political standpoint, it's wise or not. What's the constitutional duty? What's the constitutional imperative when faced with the magnitude of the lies and the numerous attempts by this president to interfere with the investigation into uh, Russian interference into our elections? What is the historical mandate? of uh, Democrats, and of the Congress to investigate fully, to use the Mueller report as a stepping off point. At the very least, Congress needs to call bar before them. And rake him over the coals. They need to call Mueller before them and make sure they understand his thinking about prosecutorial decisions. And then Congress has has a constitutional duty of oversight. Congress has a constitutional duty of reform. And this president has acted in historically flagrant ways, in my view, um, that have... Denigrated the office of the presidency that show that he's unfit for office, and in my view, this is just my personal view, committed the crime of obstruction of justice. Is that the kind of president we want to have in the United States of America? What does it say about our political system if, when faced with the kind of evidence uh, that the special prosecutor has uncovered, and a conclusion by the special prosecutor in which he says, Quote, we do not exonerate the president. The president is not exonerated by the Mueller report. When faced with a report like that, what is the duty of Congress in oversight? What is the duty to the people of the United States for Congress to go even further than Mueller did and to get the whole report? nothing but the report, and to establish the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so that the American people understand that Congress as a co-equal branch of government is going to fulfill its constitutional duties, is able to fulfill its constitutional duties, and is there to protect the people of the United States and not the president, because for far too long, too many members... the Congress of the United States, apparently have seen their jobs as protecting the president as opposed to protecting the people of the United States. In my view, that is something that history will look at very, very unkindly. The decision not to move forward on impeachment is a huge decision. Now, of course, Democrats need to concentrate on all the things we need to do to, number one, stop the president's crazy policies. But on the other hand, uh, what could be more important than protecting the integrity of the office of president? What could be more important than serving the interest of the people of the United States in knowing exactly what happened, in knowing who did what, in seeing that the president of the United States... Um, is held to a high moral standard, a high ethical standard, a standard of conduct which any person holding any office should be held to. We don't want public officials who lie, cheat, and steal. We don't want public officials who stand in the way of the administration of justice. We don't want public officials who put their own interests above those of the people they're supposed to serve. Why should President Trump get a pass? Why should the Democrats be afraid of seeking the truth? Why should Democrats uh, hold off Let's remember that when President Obama was in the last days of his administration and wanted to put a, frankly, middle-of-the-road conservative justice on the Supreme Court, uh, the Republicans uh, stood in the way and refused to, they basically refused to consider the nomination of Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court. Um, We have 18 months before the election. Uh, Shouldn't the American people have the opportunity to learn the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about the Mueller report and about what the president of the United States did to obstruct the investigation into Russian interference into our elections. It strikes me as somewhat of a Hobson's choice, but I come down on the side of justice. It's off the record with Paul Hodes, WKXL AM and FM streamed live over the internet and brought to you by The Birches at Concord New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's dementia or other forms of memory impairment Join a tour Celebrate life at The Birches Call 224-9111 We'll be back after this for a lighter topic We'll be talking with some folks from the community players of Concord about an upcoming production Don't go away Welcome back to Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM streaming live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com where you can find us archived for your binge listening pleasure. We're also now a podcast on Google, Stitcher and iTunes for you 21st century interwebs kind of people. We're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour. Celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. I'm very pleased to be joined by some very special guests. It's a husband and wife team of Fesbians. That's right, <laughs> actors. Steve and Kim LaJoy are here in studio to talk about the next Fabulous production from the Concord Community Players. Steve and Kim, welcome to Off the Record. Thank, Thank you. Paul, oh, nice to be here. I'm sure it is <laughs> in front of the <laughs> microphone. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, let's talk Theata. Awesome. Let's talk theater. Tell me about what's coming up next from the Concord Community Players. So,
2: the next production is called Something's Afoot. It is a murder mystery musical. Uh, it's a spoof of Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians. Uh, it's not been done very much. You don't see it very often. Uh, it was produced originally in New York in 1976. Uh, it didn't last very long. And, in fact, they never even made a cast album. That's how short the uh, the production was. Um, but I saw the a production up at St. Michael's Playhouse in Vermont in uh, 1979. Uh, they have a professional theater up there, and uh, I remember laughing very hard the whole time. Uh, it's very clever. It's very funny. Uh, it, um, the songs are very peppy, and uh, so I've wanted to do it for a long time. I, I'm actually the director this time. I'm not an actor, um, and I proposed, pr- I've proposed it to the players uh, for production a couple of times over the last 10 years or so. And finally this year they succumbed and said, okay, do it.
0: Man, um, persistence pays off. <laughs> exactly. So
2: let's get some of the
0: practicalities
2: out of the way. When when does the show go up? It's the first weekend in May. So it is the 3 4, five. Three, four five, uh, Friday and Saturday at 7.30, 730 and Sunday at 2. Yeah,
0: Something's afoot from 1976. So... That's a long time ago now. It is. 1976 is like last century. It's it's like <laughs> but a Agatha classic. Agatha
3: Christie is timeless.
2: Exactly.
0: And it's this-
3: timeless and murder mysteries are timeless and musicals are timeless.
0: So uh, it's a musical, and uh-huh. it's a murder mystery musical. All singing, all dancing. Let's go look at the body. Uh
2: huh. I mean, <laughs> so what are the what are you what are you going to be singing about? Oh, there's lots of things to sing about. So the the opening number is uh, everyone is invited. So the the show, the story of the show, basically is everyone's uh, seven people are invited to the country estate of Lord Rancor, uh, which is in the Lakes District of England. Oh, Lord uh, of Rancor. Lord they arrive Rancor. One Lord at a time. Of <laughs>
0: Rancor in the Lakes District of England. And, so, and you will
2: recognize the types. There, there's the uh, stuffy colonel. There's the grand dame lady. There's the uh, innocent young woman, there's uh, the family doctor, it's all stock um, character type so they all arrive at the house Uh, a storm comes up Oh, Wipes the out store. the only bridge to the island. Is it a castle? Tra- it's a large it's a, house.
0: Estate. a large yes. house. An estate. Not
2: quite a castle. Not but,
0: quite a castle. But uh, not quite But it shack. does have a
3: moat. <laughs> it doesn't have or a right. moat. Or or a right. lake. It has a, a lake. lake. Yeah. Not a moat.
2: <laughs> so it traps the seven guests and the three servants. Oh. And then, then people and start and to die.
3: And then people And <laughs> then the Yes. The and then the stars. songs begin. And then the songs begin. And the peppy songs begin. As the body. As the body line yeah, <laughs> the
0: songs start. So uh, really, let's hear, what. tell me about, I want to get down and dirty here. Tell us some of the song titles that we can expect So, in this peppy Exactly.
2: <laughs> it opens with Marvelous Weekend, which is when everyone arrives at the estate. That song goes on uh, for quite a while, but the time frame within the song is over several hours it's everyone arriving and then changing for dinner and then showing up downstairs for the big dinner. Uh, Jim Weber, who's co-directing with me, um, said that uh, it's probably something of a spoof of uh, Stephen Sondheim's um, A Little Night Music. Uh, Right. That kind of, it's that kind of a feeling. So everyone, you know, uh, arrives and and changes and um, comes back down. And then we have...
3: uh, We have songs like uh, Teeny Little Dingy.
0: Teeny, teeny Little Dingy. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yes,
3: we yes. do. Teeny
2: um, Little Dingy. Exactly, which yes. we, we won't go into
0: no, too much detail there. No, we're not
3: going to give that one away. But there's but.
2: Uh, songs like Suspicious, where they're accusing each other of uh, murder. There's the song that the heroine, who, or the uh, detective, who uh, Kim is playing, uh, acknowledges so. where she gets all her... Uh, inspiration from, which is I Owe It All to Agatha Christie. Uh huh. Um, there's the
0: I Owe It All to Agatha. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: right.
3: Complete with some tap dancing. Mm-hmm.
0: Tap, are you. It's wait a-, a second. Kim LaJoy, are you telling me that you, the female detective, the person who's holding the keys to the kingdom of this mystery, are going to be seen and heard tap dancing into our hearts? On the stage at the Audie. That is what I'm saying, and,
3: and t- that's all I'm giving away. About well, but that. tell
0: me about your background <laughs> and training as a tap dancer. That's what I really want to know about. I mean, I've known you to be tap dancing uh, all on, in life on on all kinds this of. We're doing yeah. it right now. Yeah. We're <laughs> right.
3: Man, oh man, tap
0: dancing too. So
3: it's a pe- it's a peppy show. There's there's uh, there's some some real uh, secrets, and there is some surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's just an enormous amount of fun.
0: It sounds like a lot of fun. The tap dancing detective uncovering as the bodies fall, (laughs) the detective tap dances her way into our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And singing, too.
3: And singing and potentially solving some of the mysteries.
0: Some of the mysteries. Yes. How many of the guests end up
2: in caskets? We're not saying Okay. That you'll have to uh, you'll have to come and determine yourself because we don't want to give anything away. We can't, right. Part we of the fun of the show is trying to figure out who, who done it, it throughout, who done it, the whole thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did it. So there are there are a number of um, very clever um, ways that people get knocked off in the during the show. And oh, that's, that's wonderful. Part of the fun of it. Yeah. Um, and that's part of what I remember laughing. Uh, people, uh, as people get. Uh, bumped off, the audience gets to expect it and is looking for it and is pleasantly surprised uh, when it happens and the uh, one of the reasons the players didn't do it for a long time was, didn't do the show for a long time was uh, the set is incredibly elaborate okay. um, it is two stories tall it's uh, absolutely huge and a lot of the um, devices that knock the cast off are, are part of the set so. so the set Lots falls apart on,
0: onto the cast. Hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully not. not, not, not,
2: not quite. <laughs> but not, a
0: little
3: not, bit. <laughs> you
0: know, it, it, remi- it reminds me of thinking about the the play noises off. Mm-hmm. Yes. With a with a set that somehow becomes you know here we are the 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 house and it somehow becomes such an integral part of the action yes. that, that that it's like another character in the play yeah. and that's
2: and that's the case here too yeah absolutely yeah.
3: so on top of directing steve has also designed the set and is Built set. building the set with craig walker uh-huh um, and uh, so he's he's been busy yeah Um, But it is incredibly elaborate. It's so fun. The costumes are so fun. The set is so fun. There's so many surprises. There is so many laughs. Are there
0: English accents? There
3: are. Oh, I'm
0: so glad (laughs) there are English accents. You know, without thinking about it too deeply, and if you were going to do an Agatha Christie Yeah, and you didn't have an English accent. It would be a very, very, very sad piece of business. It It would
3: be boring. what It would be (laughs) But (laughs) I'm going back
0: to the tiny little dinghy. I keep keep thinking about the tiny little dinghy, and I'm wondering to what you're referring. And I I won't even ask. Because this is radio, you know, the FCC has rules. We're not even going Mm -hmm. to talk about the tiny little dinghy. But it's
3: in that direction.
0: I see. You see, when I think of tiny little dinghy, I actually have a little dinghy. It's a ten-foot. Her. Exactly. and um, and that's the kind of dinghy that I'm most familiar with but somehow when I saw your reactions, as you sat there and the microphones and the reactions between the two of you, which my radio audience cannot quite see, thank God. because thank goodness I'm the only one who can witness this mm-hmm. thing, as the looks passed between you, it struck me that maybe a tiny little dinghy had some <laughs> other implication,
2: perhaps some double entendre,
0: some there. double or triple Subtle. or quadruple entendre that mm-hmm. we ought to be ought to be dealing with. Mm-hmm. So tell me, who are
2: some of the local celebrities? in in the show. So we were very lucky in that we have uh, gotten an incredible cast uh, for the show and it's a con- nice combination of faces that will be familiar to the Concord audience and also some new folks uh, which is always important. Um, so uh, Tess Hodges who uh, c- people in Concord know uh, is playing Letty the Maid. Uh, John Conlon uh, who's done a m- bunch of stuff here, is playing Flint the caretaker. Uh, Newcomer Dano Noble is playing Clive the butler. Our ingenue, named appropriately Hope, uh, is played by Rachel Hunton, who's a a local teacher. Uh, Jonathan Flower, who works at Concord High, is uh, Dr. Grayburn. Uh, A. Robert Dion is Nigel, and Rob's been in uh, several things and directed several things for the players over the years. Uh, Ellen Berger is Lady Manly Prow. Ellen does a ton of work with the players. Uh, A lot of things backstage and uh, organizationally, um, less on stage, so we're really excited to have her in the show. Uh, Wally Pino, who people know from Concord, is playing Colonel Gilweather. Wally actually hasn't been on stage in a major role in a number of years, uh, so we were very lucky and happy to have him. Uh, Kim, as we said, is Miss Tweed. And, Mist our and our mist-weed. strapping young man is David McNeil, who uh, has been in several things recently in Farnsworth Concord, Museum. including Farnsworth, uh, the last show. The Isn't
0: strapping young lads—the name of a rock and roll group—it should <laughs> be. It should be. It, it, right, should it be, is yeah. strapping <laughs> young you lads. That was. we to reserve that. Mischweed. So, and 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 uh, tell me a little bit about the costuming for the show. Is it uh, what period? Does it? So, mean? 1930s. 1930s. It's always a great period for a murder mystery. It mm-hmm. really is, right? Yes. Yeah. There, no television. There's radio. Um, right.
2: No yep. internet available. Yep. Um, yep. Is there exactly. a
0: telephone uh, at the house
3: at the manor? Let's know. There is,
2: but uh, not for long. I <laughs> see. Yeah,
3: no, that, <laughs> I see. <yeah. laughs> but there is a teeny little dinghy. <laughs>
0: This show, ladies and gentlemen, this show is going downhill fast. Sure. Yeah, keeps yeah. on bringing
2: it around to that. I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh-huh. yeah
0: the FCC is listening, you know. I mean, I, I have no doubt that somewhere in Washington, there is someone assigned to Off the Record with Paul Hodes. <laughs> and saying, Probably yeah, there yeah, is. They're yeah, bringing in the Joys You better get on the line and make sure what's going on. This is Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streaming live. Live over the internet, if any of you really wanted to know, and uh, we're at i uh, we're now a, a a a podcast on Google uh, and Stitcher and iTunes. We're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted. Living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224 9111. We're talking with Steve and Kim LaJoy, a husband and wife theatrical powerhouse duo who are major players behind the major players at the Concord Community Players uh, production, uh, upcoming the first weekend in May. We're going to talk Take a short break to recover our senses, catch our breath, put our accents back on, and we'll be back after this. Don't go away. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXL AM and FM, streaming live over the Internet and archived at nhtalkradio.com for your binge-listening pleasure. We're a podcast on Google and Stitcher and iTunes for those of you who know how to work 21st century devices that get iPods and all that. That would be uh, really terrific. You can listen to us. We're uh, ready for binge listening at nhtalkradio.com. Our shows are archived there and you can listen one after the other and enjoy the rants and raucous that go along with Off the Record with Paul Hodes, we're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. And now... I'm talking with Steve and Kim Lejoy, a dynamic duo, a heartthrob pair of thespians, Mr. and Mrs. Theatrical Wonder Kids, who are the major forces behind this upcoming production of
3: Something's
0: Something's afoot. Afoot. By the Concord Community Players, coming up the first weekend in May at the Concord Audi on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well. Correct. And you uh, all need to rush down to see this send up of an Agatha Christie murder mystery with singing and dancing and tap dancing and tiny little dinghies, as well as houses in the English countryside surrounded by water and a cast of fabulous characters many of whom die during the course of the musical, which makes it easy for you to follow because there are less and less of them as time goes on. (laughs) There you go. That's right. And Ms. Tweed, Ms. Tweed, the intrepid detective played by Kim LaJoy, has to solve the mystery. And as I understand it from the first segment of our show... Um, there are all kinds of uh, wonderful and splendid ways that death finds the characters on stage in Something's Afoot, right?
2: That is correct. But you're
0: not going to tell us any <laughs> no, of them. No, we're not. No. not gonna... We
3: actually had to sign a um, agreement at the at the very first rehearsal that said that we would not, through the course of the rehearsal period, um, tell anybody who the murderer was.
0: Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a mystery afoot. (laughs) There is a deep, dark mystery afoot with the Concord community players. Something's afoot, but we won't know what it is until we visit the Concord Auditorium the first weekend in May and discover for ourselves the spectacular dancing, singing, and plot of some things afoot. So, Kim, tell me about some of the challenges in preparing for the role of Ms. Tweed.
3: Well, not giving anything away. No, I
0: would hate for you to give anything away after all. You've signed a non-disclosure agreement. I have signed
3: the non-disclosure.
0: We have the contract to prove it.
3: So, uh, the challenges for for me in particular, um, playing the Agatha Christie part, is um, it's it's a lot of songs. It's five songs and the tap dancing, like I said, a lot of choreography, um, a lot of lines, the British accent. Oh, and the British the accent. The British accent. Yes, yes the British and accent. And the comic timing. Right. Because... You know what? What you why this is so fun for the audience is because yes, they're looking always to see where the clues are on stage, but the script is so tight and it's so well written that every li- almost every line is funny, and the fact that the characters are so um, oh, what's the word? They're they're standard characters. Yeah, they're, they're such
2: stock stock characters.
3: characters. You get, you hear, you hear tinges of um, Pink Panther and you hear, you know, you hear, so it's, so it's, it's so tight and it's so fast and it's so clever and it's so funny that it takes it. it, So it's challenging for us on stage because we're also having to remember the music, remember the dancing, remember the blocking, remember the lines. Um, But it's, it's incredible for the audience because it's riveting. Mm. For those who people who see it, like Steve said, he saw it at, at St. Mike's uh, years ago, um, that you have to really pay attention because things are happening fast.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you know, in good comedy, uh, it's all about time-ing. timing.
3: Timing. Ming. Yeah. Timing <laughs> <Yeah>. is everything. <laughs> and
0: And frankly, it's one of the real challenges for amateurs, mm-hmm. even experienced amateurs, to get the comic timing in the in in you know, because it has to be so precise. In that way comedy it really does is so much more difficult, yes. I think, than drama, um, where you can play with the time often in different ways. The time stretches, but in comedy everything Part of the part of the comedy is is the rapidity and speed with which things happen, mm-hmm. and then the actors on stage also have to be so critically aware of what's happening with the audience yep. and. What's, you know, I always found... And what they're responding that, to. That's right. And and and, and where to pause. Because you're not going to know that right. until they, you get
3: an audience in the house. And every audience is different.
0: Every audience responds yeah, And that's a challenge
2: with the player's schedule because we only do three performances. So, right. So uh, in some ways, the actors are just kind of getting their legs under them when the show's all over. I know. Uh, and we put a lot of work and effort uh, for months ahead of time into those three shows. So... Uh, we really appreciate people coming out, and um, it makes such a huge difference to us um, to have a, a nice full house. So,
0: Right. I'm sure people will want to see some things afoot by the Concord Community Players at the Concord City Auditorium. The first weekend in May, both uh, all three days of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Can people get tickets in advance?
2: They can. They can get tickets on the Community Players website, um, which is... Uh, I don't really know. We don't remember. I don't remember. But if you put in Community Players of Concord, New Hampshire, it will come up. So Um,
0: searching the Googles and the Yahoos and the Safaris... Put in Concord Community Players, and you will find their website, and you can buy tickets to Something's Afoot. A 1976 show originated in uh, New York, a send-up of an Agatha Christie murder mystery. But this one is not just a send-up of an Agatha Christie murder mystery. This is all singing, all dancing, glitzy and glamorous, tap dancing by Kim LaJoy. Kim, i got to ask, are there other people who are going to tap dance into our hearts?
2: No, there's some Charlestoning. Really. There's uh, some tango. There's uh, rumba. Many styles, there's but m- uh, yeah. I think Kim is the only tap dancer we have in this particular one. Oh
0: my! Oh my! Oh my! So Miss Tweed is a Miss Tweed is yeah, a tap dancer. She's dancing, a tap dancing, <laughs> tap dancing <laughs> fool. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah oh miss tweed when you when you when I see those feet a moving <laughs> I know something's a grooving in solving the murder mystery mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> who's dead now that is you know
3: that's that,
0: that would be that's a great title for a song who's di- who's dying now um yeah well, uh, do we put, have a
3: song named like that
0: no I don't think we have that
2: particular one but my
0: We've tiny got little something's d- a d- foot <laughs> the, the tiny something's afoot yep, my, the title
2: the title song the yeah. title
0: song my Give me some other song titles. Can you
2: reveal song titles? Sure. sure. Uh, you Fell Out of the Sky, which is the ingenue that, sings. That's a d- terrible way to die. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh-huh. that's not what she's singing about, I bet. Uh, no, uh, I Don't Know Why I Trust You, but I Do. Uh-huh. Uh, again, that's her singing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Legal Heir, where the Nigel, the, uh, the ne'er-do-well nephew, is looking for the will uh, to see if he's the one who inherited... Uh, Lord Rancor's estate. Ah. Aha. Um, uh-huh. Uh, new day which is the the big celebration at the end for right. whoever might still be around. alive mm-hmm. <laughs> if any of you on stage are still alive it's a bright new day exactly-, uh-huh. exactly.
0: I owe it all
3: to Agatha Christie I yeah. owe it
2: all to Agatha Christie I like yep. the title that yep. I like that title that's yep. a that's a lot of fun the, the, the music is a lot of fun it's nothing anyone would have ever heard before uh-huh. um, but uh, the songs are uh, reminiscent of music hall type um uh, songs they're, they're very up up tempo and um, short. Uh, the the songs are are very short, generally speaking. Um, the whole show it, is going to come in under two hours. I mean, it's a quick. It better. Bing uh, bing bing. It is. If it's, it, it's, it, it's fast, comedy, yeah. it yeah. better come in yeah. under yeah. two hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's about well under. It's more like, like
3: an, an hour, hour and a and half. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so nobody's going to be falling asleep. No, 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 miss no, 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 no. So are people? Are, is the audience invited to come in costume? I mean, the people get to come.
2: They absolutely they could. could. We right? haven't really gone that direction with the uh, advertising or anything. But right. anyone that wants to dress up in their 1930s 30s. finest regalia would mm-hmm. be. Uh, that would be a welcome thing for sure.
0: So, Steve, you've wanted to do this show for years and years and mm-hmm. years, and 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 at the top of uh, at the top of our discussion, you were talking about your persistent effort for at least a decade to convince the mighty powers that be of the Concord Community Players that something's afoot uh, was worthy of the stage, was worthy of the Concord audience, Mm -hmm. was worthy of all the effort that goes into a Concord Community Players show. Um, Are you appearing in this show? No, 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 I'm the director. I'm I'm co-directing. And and you talked before about co-directing with Jim Webb. Jim Te- Weber. yep. Yeah. Jim Weber, tell me about co-directing.
2: So it's been great. Um it was not originally set up. I originally had uh, proposed to do the show myself. Um, but then job change and um, time commitments and so on and so forth. Jim was going to be the producer. And so I approached him to see if he would be interested in co-directing. Now, Jim has directed a lot of things for the players. Uh, Just a couple of years ago, he directed Kim and I in Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. Um, He's directed musicals, uh, things we've been in. So anyway, I was familiar with the way Jim worked, uh, and I thought that he would be a good match. And it's turned out to be a dream to tell you the truth Um, we share responsibility so we each took responsibility for different sections of the show different songs uh, but at the same time we're always bouncing ideas off each other and uh, working together with the cast right at the beginning I told the cast don't think that uh, like kids you're gonna be able to play one parent off the other We're we're both on the same page here and so you know we're 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 in agreement on this and it's worked out great um, and I think that you, the show is actually gained by the different perspective that each of us have. Because Jim uh, has particular uh, strengths in one area, I may have strengths in another area. Two of us combined, it's it's worked out great. Um, we have an excellent music director, um, Tim Goss, uh, who's a young guy. Who's uh, this is his first main stage show. With is the, players. the music played live? It is, yep. Yep. And how many in the pit? Uh, That's still under discussion, but yeah, there'll be four or five. Uh, Tim is going to play piano, and um, he's the music director. Uh, And I think he's got a keyboard that he's playing also. Um, Our choreographer is Nora McBurnett, and she's been doing a great job. Um, We have our uh, stage managers, uh, Ron and uh, Beck uh, Bryson who uh, husband and wife team, another husband and wife team on the production. Um, and then we've got our special effects operators because there are many special effects. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, Wally Pino, in addition to being in the show, designed the lights. Uh, so that's great. Eric Hodges is doing the sound. We've got a great uh, backstage crew and support System on this show. Um, Liz McClellan has been doing props and she's been doing amazing things with fun things with props. Karen Manchester is doing costumes. Ian, her husband, is doing uh, special effects. Uh, So, like I say, we have uh, several husband wife teams working on this. So
0: are the special effects
2: going to be played live? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Oh, yep.
0: this isn't just like pre-recorded
2: thunder. No. No. no, there is some of that for sure. Yeah. Because it is, after all, a thunderstorm that of wipes course. out the bridge. That's but, right. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of live special effects. Um, uh,
0: we have
3: I, actually have hired people to do the special effects backstage. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah.
0: that's terrific. Yeah. That actually, is really fun. Actually yeah. run it. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: So yeah. uh, When reaching out to... Uh, Uh, people to work backstage I my my pitch was how would you like to kill off some members of our cast for every night of the performance, and I, I got immediate response. Yes, they they were they were all over it.
0: So, folks, it's off the record with Paul Hodes here on WKXL. We have been chatting with Steve and Kim Lejoy, the dynamic husband and wife theatrical team, who are responsible in many ways for the Concord Community Players production, upcoming the first weekend in May, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Concord City Auditorium. Of something's afoot. A musical version of a send-up of an Agatha Christie musical. Stephen Kim, thanks so much for joining me. It's been... A treat and a pleasure. Thank you, Thank you for having us. We're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. We thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week with more Off the Record with Paul Hodes.